Hello and welcome to Here and Know, a new podcast presented by Hill and Knowlton Strategies. We are a global communication agency with a simple goal, to drive growth, build reputation and protect against risk. In this series, we invite senior leaders across our business to unpack current events with some of the brightest minds in the industry and across the sectors we advise. Listen in to hear their stories and get in the know. Hi and welcome to this week's Hill & Knowlton Strategies podcast. I'm Chris Seymour and I'm Director of our mobility sector here in London. Thrilled to be joined this morning by three experts in this area. Sarah Taylor-Jones, Head of Marketing for the UK's leading consumer delivery specialist Hermes. Tom Thompson, former rocket engineer and Ford of Europe's last mile delivery lead. And David McClelland, tech expert and broadcaster. So, as we know, the pandemic has changed the way that we shop, the way that we move, and it really felt like one day we were mixing up with a bit of shopping online and heading out to the high street, and the next we were ordering everything online from toilet roll to TVs. We've got used to the convenience of click and deliver couriers at our doorstep, but obviously, whilst this convenience is fantastic, there are downsides too. These range from everything from congestion to increased pollution, but obviously speed of delivery and things arriving at your doorstep when you want them. So I'm going to just hop straight in there. Tom, so these pedestrian porters, uh, I think you're calling them, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, tell us about this partnership that you've had with uh, Hermes and what you've been doing there, because it sounds like it's the sort of, uh, it's the ultimate you know, green solution. Um, so tell us about what it means. Yeah, so we've um, been partnered with Hermes since September last year. So we worked through them through Peak and uh, we've delivered nearly 70,000, 80,000 parcels as part of the street portering service in South London now. And what we've been doing is testing out some Ford software that was developed uh, over the last few years, which uh, helps companies operate what we call multimodal delivery. Um, multimodal delivery allows carriers like Hermes to use different types of vehicles or different modes of delivery to get a parcel from a depot to a customer. Um, What that means for us in South London on this street portrait trial is we're using uh, a couple of vans um, from from their Beckton depot to take bags of parcels into the city where they meet with um, couriers who walk around around and deliver from a bag. Um, so it's a much more city-friendly delivery mode, and we can do that for uh, around 80% of the parcels that Hermes has at the depot. Um, the two vans we're using probably replace um, six or seven vans in, in normal use, uh, and at peak, even more than that. So uh, we're helping not just to take vans off the road, but also use those vans more efficiently. So it's it's good for the company like Hermes, gives them better asset utilization, as well as um, taking vans off the streets of London and uh, making the streets cleaner, safer, um, and operating in a more sustainable way. Yeah, because I guess that there's um, generally vans are driving around a city inefficiently. Um, they are not always as full as they could be. Do I understand that this this trial, the van acts as almost like a sort of a mobile warehouse where it's kind of going between an out-of-city warehouse and into the, into the city and back, and then the... the these couriers are coming to collect the parcels off of that vehicle. Yeah, that's that's one way to think about it. There's lots of different ways that we could operate a multimodal delivery service. But at the moment, what we're doing is we are, like you say, using using the van as a mobile warehouse, if you like. Um, 
carry um, several van loads of bags in at one go um, and hand them over to porters wherever wherever the porters need them. So uh, the model we've been operating at the moment is there's one big meetup at the start of the day. Everyone walks away with their bags and then as they finish, the driver meets up with them, replenishes them and keeps them going throughout the day. And the van driver is there to sort of support the team as well. It's, it's a more team-based environment. The driver's there to help them if they got a particularly heavy or large collection, for example. Um, so we, we're looking to use the van in a smarter way um, rather than just um, treating it um, you know, the same way each day, uh, maybe loading it inefficiently um, as, as volume fluctuates day to day. With this type of model, we can really make sure we're getting very high levels of efficiency out of those vehicles every day that we're using them and maximizing their, their value to, to a company like Hermes. I've heard it described as is it uh, last mile deliveries? What what's 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 last mile deliveries? There's a last mile ref- refers to the sort of final portion of a of a parcel's journey or or, or any good that's being moved in the city really or, or anywhere to be quite honest. And um, what's referred to in the industry is the last mile problem, uh, and that's really uh, just a reflection of the fact that goods move around the world in bulk, but the the final few hundred yards of their delivery is often the most expensive or the most complex um so you might order some order something for example on a, on a retail platform like like amazon or asos for example um the first few hundred miles of that that product's journey to you will be all consolidated together in you know in a, in a large lorry or a container um so that the cost of that that um, transport is shared by thousands of other items that have been ordered by other customers. Uh, they then go through the Hermes network and they're, they're sent off in their different directions and it's still sort of bulk handling, but it's only really when it gets down to street level to, to your street or nearby that now the journey that's being made is really only for your your parcels, all of the, of the carbon that's consumed, the energy, um, or any sort of traffic impact, road impact, any parking is really down to your your order. So it's um, it's really where customers see their their impact on on the environment around them most directly is in is in the last mile and the this the van and these these porters you, you you've got a real benefit i guess there of uh the porters are covering mile upon mile on foot so there's a there's a great thing for them as as employees because they're out and about they're getting the fresh air they're able to and especially i guess in sort of um, more normal times they're able to interact with uh with their customers you know and and they can build some of those relationships i guess i look back at my postie you know i know him by name and you know i recognize him and i would probably have a conversation i guess that you can add in those elements of sort of customer service where it's yes you can pinpoint the the time that you're going to arrive but also uh, enable a bit more of that human contact as well yeah definitely that's one of the interesting things that we've we've seen on this trial and it's one of the things if you like we weren't weren't originally so focused on it sort of naturally arisen as uh, one of the observations we made during the trial is that everybody we've worked all the different street porters we've worked with uh, all sort of brought something different to the role um, a lot of them have come from you know the hospitality um, sector as as you might expect during covid um, so they're very well trained in terms of serving people they're very customer focused type of people um they all enjoy uh, being active and being outside. Um, 
they also enjoy, you know, being working under their own steam. And when you're working as a street porter, you're not held up in traffic. So you get your get your load to deliver. And that's really, uh, you're quite free to then go and deliver it under your own steam at your own pace. And there's very little to, to hold you up. Uh, and that's been reflected in, in terms of some of the some of the metrics that Sarah was mentioning earlier, you know, we've seen very, very good levels of um, customer satisfaction, very low levels of, of complaints from customers about deliveries. We've been able to deliver quite precisely um, in terms of, you know, the time window that we give customers uh, and the customer service has been, has been a, a, a really a good step up, I think, because the porters are more relaxed, uh, they're less stressed, they're more under their own steam and they're, they're bringing their own, their own approach to to handing parcels over to customers, and in and in some instances, we've got some really nice verbatims back that, you know, uh, there's an old lady who asked one of our porters if he could um run down to the to the pharmacy and um, get a um, some emergency um uh, supplies, uh, and he he did that. You know, he he took his own time and he went down there, got a that, and that's the sort of service that, um, you know, I think has has potential to really improve um how how career companies are seen in the in the world that's fantastic and i think from a sort of from a communications perspective that's those are some great stories to tell you know the fact that you're transforming a business and uh, bringing some of these sort of negatives and turning them into positives um looking a bit sort of um uh, other other ways of getting around so Tom, um, from a Ford perspective, I know that uh, it's a company that makes uh, makes great vans and cars. Um, have you been building in e-bikes into the mix, into these trials? What's what's going on there? Yeah, I mean, what, since uh, I got involved in this in this uh, industry, it's, we've been looking at a whole mix of different vehicles, and really. Uh, when I started looking at last mile delivery more than five years ago now, uh, the initial step into it was to look at how e-bikes uh, could deliver goods in cities when working together with with vans, with Ford vans. Um, and from that, we we started opening up conversations with a lot of carriers and uh, logistics companies in the industry. Um, and it really highlighted to us that the scale of this last mile delivery problem and um how how much you know a new approach and some fresh thinking was really needed uh in actual fact um you know i've often thought our, our naivety about this space is actually a real asset to us because it's allowed us to think really creatively as a team um and that's kind of what you see in the product now we've really created a very innovative it's actually quite a disruptive approach street portering so all credit to a company like hermes you know who really got into it and embraced it um even though it's potentially quite quite disruptive to the way they they manage their last mile operations, uh, and that's really the challenge with bringing lots of different vehicle types into into last mile delivery. You've got electric bikes, uh, cargo bikes, all different sizes. You've got vans of all different sizes. You've got scooters potentially, and you've got autonomous uh, robots of small, medium, and large sizes potentially in the future as well. Um, and it's really very difficult to think about how logistics companies typically who only run vans at the moment are going to embrace all of that of that myriad spectrum of different vehicles it's a very complex thing to think about servicing maintaining you know operationally optimizing how you get goods and deliver goods through such a huge mix um so that's the the sort of problem that we've set ourselves to tackle uh, on the ford last mile delivery team and we think our mode link product is is really well positioned to help manage that complexity but also keep delivery services efficient and optimal um whatever the mix that they may need on a particular day in a particular city. Fantastic. I'm going to take a little leap into the future now. Um, 
uh, and David, hopefully you're ready for a couple of questions here. So now, obviously, the um, the way that we move is changing. The way that we shop will change. Um, and I think that there's going to be a, a very different looking um, city of the future. Um, the way that people shop, I've seen some really interesting sort of technological advances of things like augmented reality, et cetera. You know, people able to come into a store uh, with a sort of almost like a preloaded uh, um, avatar that they can then upload some clothes onto themselves and they can see it in a sort of full scale mirror as if they had tried it on for themselves. Have you seen much of this sort of technological advancement do you see it taking off have you got any thoughts on that yes I've, i do have a few thoughts on that before i come to that i just want to go back over a, a couple of points about other things that um, many carriers many retailers are also looking to consider you know you speak about the growth in volume and alongside is this growth in customer expectation you know we've got used to shopping from home we've got used we've been conditioned by the likes of amazon to expect demand next day delivery and what that has also meant is that customer experience that has become the new battleground as all the different carriers have looked to try and match each other and provide these new services whether it's hour-long slots the following day or whatever now it's all about the customer experience challenging thing for carriers is that very often you don't choose the carrier that you are um you know who is fulfilling your goods you know you're buying something from next from asos from house of fraser or, or whatever it is and you don't say oh i want hermes to deliver that or i want dpd to deliver that so that there's an interesting challenge with regards to differentiation and and how these how these couriers are able to offer their services and create the best customer experience we've seen a lot i've, I've spoken with a number of of carriers over the last few months a lot of innovation in the mobile app experience about if you know you're not going to be home, obviously there's not been so much of that during lockdown and the pandemic, but as we release from that pandemic, how easy is it for me from my smartphone just to tap on a link and say, actually, I'm not going to be home between 12 and 1 tomorrow, just drop it with a next door neighbour change the delivery time to between three and four. Those micro uh, interactions are going to be so important to ensuring that customers are on board. We've seen a lot of negative sentiment towards carriers uh, in the past. I think lockdown has certainly boosted our, our, our perception of what they're able to achieve. As we go back to more in-person experiences, there's a real challenge, I think, with the carriers to maintain those high levels of, of customer ex, uh, experience. Other, th- other areas where there are challenges as well, you know, supermarkets, we saw during the pandemic a doubling in online weekly grocery shopping. One in four consumers in the UK now does their weekly shop for groceries and essentials. Three quarters do regular uh, household shopping. That's uh, some data from Waitrose from from last year. And there's different supply chain models when it comes to fresh goods. You've got perishables. There's a whole, you know, do you need refrigerated vans? For all this talk of consolidation, actually, are you able to do that quite so easily with perishable goods? I live on a little cul-de-sac. There are 12 houses on my little cul-de-sac. The road is very, very narrow. The other day, there were three different supermarkets all trying to deliver to the twelve house, or you know, to, to three of the twelve houses on on our little cul-de-sac. It's it's crazy in many ways that that has to be the case. So where we're seeing consolidation in cities and the same carrier delivering potentially lots of different um, 
lots of different supply chains of goods to the same building. Can we achieve that with perishable goods, with with groceries and so on? Behavioural change. What does the future of this look like? Consumers need to meet halfway. Are consumers willing to pay more for green deliveries or wait a little bit longer? Well, actually, yes. Ford did some research last year and spoke to people across Europe. Um, and uh, over half would be prepared to wait longer to have their goods delivered in an electric vehicle. One in four said they'd be prepared to pay more if their if their goods were going to be delivered in a more greener, sustainable way. So there is certainly already at this relatively early stage some positivity for consumers who recognise some of the environmental challenges. They're willing to meet uh, carriers uh, and the firms that they're buying from ultimately halfway. So I think that's definitely positive news and communications can certainly play a part in nurturing that with customers too. As we start moving towards the future, Chris, to your, to your point, um, IBM did some research and they'd seen the, the pandemic shift the move to online retail by as much as five years. Obviously, we've seen digital transformation accelerate, uh, you know, five years, 10 years, depending on which analyst you listen to in the space of 12, 18 months. But that's certainly been the case with, with online retail. And in the same way that, you know, offices are starting to move to hybrid working models, I'm only going to work from an office one day a week, two days a week and work from home the rest of the days. Retail is going to be going into that uh, direction as well. Blended retail, we'll call it. And, you know, this is where the likes of next generation technologies, augmented reality, virtual reality, virtual fitting rooms will undoubtedly play a part. A part. I still think it's relatively early doors. We're maybe still in the VHS Betamax stage of that Really, I don't know that my wife or my dad would be all that happy whipping out a smartphone and, you know, trying out uh, a shirt from next or whatever it is yet. But those experiences will improve. Um, Shopify, huge online shopping platform, recently released some data that said that interactions with products having AR content, they were showing a 94% higher conversion rate than products without augmented reality. So, other predictions from analysts are saying that by the mid 2020s 2025 we will have much more of this blended retail gone or on the way out will be those rows upon rows of clothing rails with one shopping uh, with one fitting room in the corner it'll be much more the place where you go into a shop that's where your that's where your touch point is you decide what you like there and then you might place your order there and it gets delivered to you by Hermes, but by whoever else. You're not then having to carry around shopping bags. It's a much more integrated online and in-person, um, digital, physical and digital combined. Lovely word, I know. Uh, that's the direction we're certainly headed to. And technologies like augmented reality, like virtual reality and mixed reality for those uh, c- consumer goods will certainly play a part. And then obviously really, when we come really into our homes. Yeah, it is. I mean, uh, sort of complete change of sort of, ways of shopping you know it's as you say you've kind of gone from these sort of packed out shops to a very different very light experience and sorry a better probably experience but sort of lighter on the sort of volume of stuff that needs to be sat in that in that showroom the conversation that sarah and i had had previously was you know about that the the shop becomes the place you get the experience and then this sort of micro fulfillment from a uh, you know somebody like um, uh, Hermes, 
Um, Sarah, I mean, have you, I, I know that this is may, maybe the bit of the future. So um, any, any thoughts from you on, on from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, we, we've already kind of spoken to quite quite a few retailers about what they're where they're actually heading with their bricks and mortar stores. Obviously, we've lost an awful lot from the high street during the pandemic. Um, and a lot are looking at the same kind of models that you get like in an Apple or a Nike type store where it's more experiential. You can touch and feel the product because I think still, particularly in, in if you talk fashion retail, most people actually want to touch it and feel it still. But it's the stock will not be held in those stores. And a lot of um, the retailers actually had a problem when everything went online, they ended up with loads of their stock stuck in the bricks and mortar stores. So we actually had to work with some of our clients to, to help them to get their stock out of the bricks and mortar to fulfill the online orders. So I think a lot of thinking about what does their entire supply chain look like moving forward. So I expect those types of changes to, to, to be a lot sooner than we kind of anticipated um wow. and a lot of the augmented reality ai was a lot of the stuff that i actually saw at euro shop in dusseldorf so the massive retailer kind of convention and conferencing they were showing kind of the retailers of the future and i think that a lot of that is going to be coming in in the next few years rather than they were looking at it it's going to be in 10 15 years time well wow. so it's uh, changes happening quicker tom i think um, you you had some thoughts on this as well yeah uh, what david was saying there made me think uh, of some research i'd seen done by i think it was toyota and, and fordston a little bit as well looking at what role the vehicle can play in delivering experiences for customers in, in a retail context um especially if you sort of skip forward and you think about the future of, of autonomous vehicles and the, some of the models that are being talked about um, mean that retailers might be in a position to send out, you know, fully kitted out retailer branded um, mini mini showrooms or mini warehouses, if you like, um, to customers to sort of go into and try on several different pairs of shoes and uh, of different sizes or, or virtual fitting rooms and things like that. So, I do think this this area of uh, delivering the experience or, or delivery as a as a service, if you like, is um, huge potential for innovation over the next the next few years, definitely. And even for the for the delivery people themselves, using sort of technology like you know, I, I know that Ford uh, designed a, a smart jacket, um, but I guess that that would enable you to um, bring out sort of different brand logos and things like that. So to um, to David's point, you know, you'd be able to be a representative of Wiggle or you know um, John Lewis or whoever it might be because you're badged up and there's an expectation of how you behave and what you look like. But you could do that in a sort of in a semi-digital way, I guess. Yeah, and I think I think it's one of the things we've seen with the street portering project is that there's there's opportunity to to innovate in this area. You know, delivery as an experience um, or service delivery. Um, quite an early stage you know with different models like this uh, if you give the porter a little bit of training maybe brand specific training or brand specific equipment like you're saying um they can really be a representative for that brand um at the doorstep and maybe um you know with clever scheduling algorithms we can we can schedule in a little bit of extra time for that that experience to take place um 
and that's that's potentially uh, an area for, for carriers like Hermes to add a bit of margin um, and and sell sell a little bit more to their to their retailer customers than they do at the moment. Sarah, um, I think um, from your perspective, I mean that's all uh, an exciting future, right? Yeah, and I think going back to what David mentioned as well, I think the key is really from us as a, a delivery company, where do we add value? And what does value actually mean to the end consumer as well as the retailer? So some of the research that we've done actually prior to going into the pandemic, which has become even more important to understand now is what drives the consumer's decisions is around convenience. So home delivery, very convenient when everybody's stuck at home. Um, Obviously, when people start going back to work, they start to get back to a social life. They're out and about. Convenience means choice. And as David alluded to, we're now, well, we've already uh, released new products whereby you can divert um, your delivery while it's in flight. So while it's already on the way to you um, to a parcel shop to pick up to a locker. We're also, we've got consumers that are sending parcels like you would do with the Royal Mail through our parcel shops. And we're actually reducing the journey of those where you can now send from one parcel shop to another one, which means it doesn't have to go all the way back into a hub and come back out. So we're looking at how we reduce journeys as well. But I think it's all to do with the convenience, what's convenient for the consumer and where we can add value. Really, you know, everybody kind of tends to focus on the big retailers, but I think there is a real big opportunity for the the SMEs now as well with that sense of kind of community and local. And I think that delivery companies need to be switched on to the the kind of the demand for for that, you know, for, for SMEs and the support for SMEs in the solutions they're putting forward. Fantastic. Yeah, lots of uh, I think that that local piece has been really interesting. I think, you know, how we've we've gone to those local businesses to make sure that they survive in these hard times. But I think we've realized what quality that brings as well. So um, really interesting in that respect. So, I mean, it sounds like, you know, lots of change ahead, um, lots of positives coming out of some of the sort of the, the dark moments we've had over the last sort of 18 months or so, and new technology and new ways of thinking really kind of driving that uh, more choice, better experiences, um, and uh, looks very, very exciting in this in this area. It's been great talking to you all today. It's been a really lively uh, discussion, really appreciated it. Uh, Hopefully we'll get a chance to talk again in the not too distant future. Um, Thanks to everyone who's been listening in uh, today. Hope you enjoyed this discussion. Um, We'll put some links below so you can uh, come and check this out. Check out the H&K blog uh, and we'll uh, keep you posted with uh, everything else going on in this space. So thanks very much, everyone, and uh, have a great day.